1: I'll be hearing about our poetry and also about our music. Cara Dillon's joining us in the studio, and this is fabulous. I have a listen to this particular tune.
2: Sharp age is gone now by the shape-shifting sounds Give anything, but give. Feathers found in the forest, a cross made of rushes. that might just hold a mystery unfolded.
1: It is Cara Dillon and it is Cara Dillon in the studio with me as well. Uh, Cara, Cara, good morning. Good morning, Frank. You're, you're a busy woman. My goodness me. I'm looking at the, the gigs that you're doing. London, Northampton, Chester, Scunthorpe, Westport, Dunleary, Birmingham, Brighton, Teddington, Bradford. Just, it's non, it's non-stop. Uh, Locally, you'll be in the Marketplace Theatre in Armagh on the 21st of March and you'll be up in the Guildhall on the 22nd of March. So people will be able to hear you in Armagh, 21st of March and Derry on the 22nd of March. And you're also around in Belfast as well, um, Crescent and uh, down, you're going to be down in Dublin at Waterstones as well. That's linked to the book yes. because you're, you're not only you singing your book of poetry mm. as, as well. How on earth do you fit it all in? Because you've recently been in Glastonbury. You did Glastonbury. You just seem to never stop.
3: It's just a passion for it, Frank. I absolutely love it. We live and breathe that. We've done, been doing it now for like twenty years, and you know, I think when you're um, when you're so you know passionate about your work. Um it becomes it's really good fun, and I think you know with art you're constantly trying to create all the time and so this whole poetry is just an extension of what we do it's kind of poetry put to music and singing and um, it's really refreshing, you know. I don't ever tire of what we do. Um, we're both the same. We love performing live, but we also love being in a studio recording. So yeah,
1: when well, you say both, Sam, and he's he's there drinking coffee, you know. Yes, he He's, is, yeah, I? <laughs> he's he, is he is he like? Are you the task mistress or is he the task master? Who who gets <laughs> the most out of each other?
3: I think you know when we're recording I'm kind of always like the hyper bunny I'm like come on we need to do this we need to do that when can we get someone in to record cello or whatever and um and Sam produces the albums and um he's fantastic engineer but um you know when it comes to all the other stuff uh, like he's he's amazing like he yeah uh, he's essentially manages us and um you know he's he's had to learn now all about the whole releasing a book and, um, I don't know how he does it. Um, we had a delivery of 3,000 books to our house, um, last week. And, uh, and he's got it all sorted. He knows everything that's going on now about releasing a book. So, um, I, I couldn't do any of this without him. We're, I think, I like to think we're a good team. Um, But at the same time, I just open my mouth and sing, Frank, and hope for the best. Whereas Sam's doing quite a lot of the hard work. Yeah,
1: but you've also got that lilt. You know, it's one thing opening your mouth and singing. It's been blessed with that lilt that you have, which also comes across in your delivery of the poetry. Creating the, the poems, how much of a challenge was that? Or did that just happen as naturally as your singing voice?
3: It happened so naturally and it was never my intention to ever let anybody hear them. Um I wrote them during um lockdown and uh I found like a lot of other people, um I had a lot of space in my head to, to be able to just be and I found myself waking up at about four in the morning and uh after I got used to you know, the rhythm of your body waking up at four, instead of just lying fret and going, I can't sleep I decided, well, I have got nothing really to worry about. I've got all this time and space for the first time in my life. I'm just going to get up. And I would go out and listen to the birds, um, you know, uh, the birdsong and make a cup of tea and start writing my thoughts down. And I think it was that sense of being so far away from home that, uh, you know, and knowing that you can't get back that I just started, it just opened up my heart. And I was. I would phone my mother, who's, you know, she's 92 now. And I'd spend so many hours on the phone chatting to her and really listening to her. Because I think, you know, we all take for granted, you know, our family and our parents. And you, you kind of think, oh, they're always going to be about. But actually, when you can't see them and you realize that all the stories they've been telling you for years have kind of fallen on deaf ears. And suddenly I just wanted to know so much more about where she's, from her place and my ancestors. And um, so all these these poems started to come. And then Sam, um, I I was brave enough to read um, a few of them out to him one day. And then it all developed very naturally. He said, let's put some music to those. And I mean, it's quite a long story, but in a nutshell, that's how it all came about. It was very organic and a lovely process.
1: Not everyone can do that, of course. Number one, write the poem, but then put the music to it. And that's the real trick, is being able to make it that it's listenable, that people want to continue to listen to it, as we were able to do there with, with that one. It's there's just, it's being able to deliver the poetry, the music, the accompaniment, and keep, keep the attention of whoever the audience is, mm. whether it's one person or a packed auditorium. Now, a lot of people did turn to writing poetry during lockdown, a lot of people were away from home and wherever they were based, they didn't get a chance to go back and forward. Like you weren't able to go back to Dungiven and, mm-hmm. and and see your mom and whatever. Uh, you would have been towards the south of England. That's that's basically where you were based yep. during all of that. Mm-hmm. You were going through a lot of uh, creativity in your mind. So those birds you're describing, those are those are like English birds. Those aren't those aren't Ben Brada birds.
3: Definitely not. Yeah, different a different breed of birds down in the southwest of um, England. But, uh, you know, they sing the same beautiful notes and, uh, yeah, they were inspiring actually. You know, I think, you know, nowadays and, um, pre-COVID, I think I was always so, um, caught up in your daily routine and the busyness of life and, you know, obviously children and the whole thing. And suddenly, um, you had this peace and stillness and you started to appreciate the smallest little things, you know, and, um, Sometimes I feel embarrassed talking about it because, you know, I know not everybody had a great time during lockdown, but uh for myself and Sam and our family, it was the first time we didn't have to think about doing any live touring or, you know, there was nothing pressing on us we were able to just have peace
1: did you perform be. on air at all like a lot of other people did or, or whenever you go to talk about the book how, how different will that be for you as opposed to previously doing cds or downloads or whatever uh, people choose or over the last couple of years people have been choosing to source the, their music through they would meet the star they would meet cara dylan they would have a chat with sam on the periphery of cara you know and say, "Oh, you're sam right fine mm-hmm. you know you seem to do most of the talking but which is understandable, especially in in this neck of the woods. But whenever you're out of the book signings, how different will you find that? Are you expecting a different sort of clientele? Do
3: you know what? I think, you know, every gig that we've done so far, you know, we've um, we've done a couple of the poems with the music. And um, we played in the Opera House with the Belfast Arts Festival um, just a couple of months ago. And we sold it out. And the response was incredible. And I think our fans are interested in the book and also we're attracting a lot of other, you know, people who are coming to the music via the book. And um, I just I feel a, a certain level of freedom with it because this is these are my words. I haven't kind of had anybody trying to shoehorn me into doing something a particular way. And um, I have to say it's the one piece of work that I'm most proud of in our career. You know, um, the book is all about where I'm from. Um, traditions that we hold close to our heart, and you know our strong roots and our culture here, and you know, I just I just can't wait to share it with people. Um, because we, you know, obviously we we go all over the place, and um, everybody can relate. Actually, you know, there's there's one of the pieces I've written about my mother making soda scones in the kitchen, and how, you know, when you live away from home, something so mundane that happens every day becomes nearly romanticized, and um. So far on our concerts, it's really hit a nerve. Like, people up and down, um, uh, England have been just, oh my god, you've brought back a memory or, you know, my mother used to make things and, you know, it's very emotional, actually, and um, as I say, I'm really proud of it.
1: There'll be people shouting at the radio now because we haven't told them the name of the book or how they can get the book. So, mm-hmm. tell us about that.
3: So, the book is called "Coming Home," and um, the, the the new album is called "Coming Home" too. So, the the book has lots of stories and also the poetry. And then the album has got the poetry put to music. And um, so that you can buy the book on our website or here in Belfast, you can get it. At no alibis bookshop. And um, the both are going to be officially released on the 15th of March.
1: And the website address is?
3: Caradillon.co.uk or Caradillon.com.
1: Can't beat that at, at, at all. Now, l- let me take you to probably the greatest poet of them all from that neck of the woods. Like You're done given. It's not that far from Balahi. Uh, how, how impressed, how impressed would the great man have been if he was uh, reading your portrait.
3: <laughs> well, isn't it a good job he's not around to have to comment on it? I have no clue. And, um, you know, as I said before, I never, ever intended for anybody to really hear this. It's kind of taken on its own journey. It's taken on its own life. And, um, I mean, Seamus Heaney is just one of the masters. And uh, he's been an inspiration my whole life. And um proud that he's just over the hill from Dungiven. But, uh, you know, i don't think I can compare anything to.
1: You're too modest. You're too. You're, you're far <laughs> too modest. What What was Glastonbury like to actually do? Because you don't live that far from it. What was it like to be there actually on the stage doing it?
3: It was brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. We've performed a couple of times at Glastonbury, but this year was particularly exciting for us because, um, you know, our children are our boys are 17 now, and um, we were told that we could only have them, they're very strict with their tickets at Glastonbury um, if you're performing. So you have to have performers or crew or they won't let you in, you know. And so they were really, we're really struggling for tickets because we have a whole band of like seven or eight of us. And then um, they were saying, well, can we not come? And I said, well, you can if you perform. And they're like,
1: shut up. <laughs>
3: and I said these are
1: 17 year olds and 13 year olds yeah, yeah yeah.
3: and so um, one of our boys is really into rock music and um plays electric guitar and you know the house is shaking and I said, you might have to bring your guitar and just play a song and he's like I am not doing that that is so cringy I am not doing that
1: that's typical tedious, I know and I says, here's, you don't here's a chance get your to ticket. play a class <laughs> I'm not doing that because my mommy's doing it
3: <laughs> exactly so I said well then you don't get your ticket but it's your choice so he did, and Good they mum. end up, he had to come along and, you know, do the walk of shame onto the big stage and, you know, <laughs> we had a fantastic time and, uh, very lucky to live very close to such a,
1: an incredible place. That's a, it's Mm an amazing, it's an amazing story. Uh, The Armagh Marketplace Theatre is the 21st of March. I'd say Armagh Marketplace uh, Theatre, 21st of March and the 22nd is the Guildhall. If you're down around Dunleary, you're playing Dunleary as well and also Westport. Uh, I think the uh, the other ones are all across in England, London, Northampton, Chester, Scunthorpe. You are one busy, busy woman. All over
3: the place.
1: Uh Uh, Did you ever do Dungiven Castle?
3: We haven't, you know. There's chat now. Um, uh, I'm hoping to do a little book signing, um, after the Guildhall, um, concert in the end and given because, uh, basically, the book is about the town and the people and the traditions that I love, and um, and so that's going to be. Probably one of the most embarrassing mornings of my life, but anyway, you have to do these things. It
1: always is, isn't it? You can go wherever you like, but your own home patch is always where you'll be, you know, scrutinised just that little, little bit more. Cara, great seeing you again. Thanks for, thanks for coming by. Uh, Cara Dillon with us here on the U105 phone in